Our readings for this evening are from the 18th and 19th chapters of the Gospel of St. John. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, Why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. 
Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law. 
And according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the stone pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you. From God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. On Good Friday, Jesus was not just killed. It's one thing to be killed. A person can be killed in a car accident. But most people are not mocked before they are killed in a car accident. Most people are not ridiculed or spit in the face before they are killed in a car accident. And I have yet to hear of anyone being forced to wear a purple robe, carry a reed as a fake staff, and then have a crown of thorns pressed into their skull before they are killed in a car accident. But that is how Jesus died. And Jesus did not just die. He was tortured. He was ridiculed. He was laughed at. But what can you expect this world to give to Jesus? All this world has to give Jesus is a crown that's just made up of thorns. I think what hurt Jesus even more than the nails in the crucifixion is that the very ones he came to save, us, us sinful human beings, we were the ones laughing in his face. The very ones he came to love by laying his life down for us, giving it all for us, What do we do? We ridicule him. He gave up all of his heavenly splendor to be born in the flesh, just like us. And what do we have to give him in return? 
Well, let's see. We have a staff for our king, but it's made of reeds uh, from a riverbank. We have a purple robe, uh, but Jesus only gets to wear it while we mock him. Uh, We have a crown for Jesus. Oh, yes, we do. It's a crown. But it isn't made up of gold like he deserves. No, Jesus gets a crown made of thorns. And we don't give it to respect him or honor him. No, we sinful humans do it to make fun of him. We do it to mock him. We do it to say, we don't really need him. We're fine just by ourselves. I really do think the hardest thing for Jesus on Good Friday was not the nails. Because sometimes the more terrible pains we bear in life are not physical. Sometimes the greatest pains are spiritual. The greatest pains are emotional. Sometimes the greatest pain hits the deepest part of our hearts. Sometimes the lasting pains that we carry for years take swipes at our souls. And that's what Jesus was going through today. When they shoved a reed in his hand like it was some kingly staff, it was a joke. They were punching him in the gut of his heart when they did that. Because Jesus should have a staff. And the world should do whatever he orders. But anytime we go against what Jesus asks us to do, we might as well be the ones taking that staff out of his hand and slapping him over the head, just like the Roman soldiers did. When they robed Jesus in a purple robe, that was the right thing to do. It really was. Purple is a rich, kingly color. And Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. But he wasn't given the robe as an honor. It was all joke. Kind of like when we pray and just go through the motions. You know, we robe our lips with all the words we speak that are right. But our hearts are far from really believing the words. We're clothing our own lips in. And then when they put a crown on Jesus' head, that could have been the greatest moment in all of creation. It could have been. Jesus is God in the flesh. The ruler over all authorities. All governments bow to him. All presidents and prime ministers and leaders throughout this world. Receive their authority on loan from him. Well, Jesus is given a crown. But not of gold. The soldiers wound some branches together with thorns on them. And they wound these branches together in a circle. So it would be a nice thick crown they could really press down into Jesus' skin with those thorns. And really drag into Jesus' skull. 
with those thorns. This crown may have been the biggest joke of all. Jesus should be the ruler of all things. He should rule our hearts. But we don't always allow him. Jesus should rule in our minds. But we don't always let him. Jesus should rule over all of our actions that our hands do. But so often we just tell him no. All we give him is a crown of thorns. But you know what? I think giving Jesus a crown of thorns was perfect. I think a crown of thorns is perfect for him. Because I think wearing a crown made of thorns is exactly why Jesus came into this world. Way back in Genesis... We know the story of Adam and Eve falling into sin. And the punishment for them falling into sin was death. And that punishment would pass on to all generations. And so we all die. And to prove it, the world itself was going to be like death. The world itself would no longer automatically produce enough food. The world itself would even try to kill people with hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and wars and famines. The world itself would actually be the enemy of Adam and Eve. And the fallen world itself was summed up by one phrase in Genesis 3 when God said this. Cursed is the ground because of you. Thorns and thistles it will produce for you. And those thorns reminds us that this world is not by nature a loving, caring, nurturing place anymore. Not after that fall into sin. And thorns remind us of this. A thorn can also remind us that our own hearts and souls and minds are not by nature anymore nurturing, caring, warm places, not automatically, not by birth. Our hearts and souls are often themselves very thorny, painful places. But isn't it interesting that thorns are what we sinful human beings bring to Jesus on Good Friday? We, of ourselves, have nothing to offer him but a crown of thorns, and Jesus wears it. He doesn't fight it. We have nothing to offer to Jesus of our own greatness from our hearts and our souls. No. We just have a crown of thorns to give to Jesus. And he wears it. We're not here to offer him our perfect bodies and our perfect souls. No, we can only offer him a crown of thorns. 
And he wears it. We're not here today to offer him some kind of perfect life or anything else that we've somehow perfected. Oh, no. All we have on Good Friday to give to Jesus, to give to God in the flesh, is a crown of thorns. And you know what? Jesus is so happy to have it and to wear it. And Jesus is so proud to wear it. And Jesus would want nothing else to crown his head on Good Friday other than a crown of thorns. Because that is exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to wear a crown of thorns for us. He came to bear all of our sins and even death itself. For us. And he wears it all. In a crown of thorns. Jesus was born into this world. For one reason. To do what he came to do today. On Good Friday. Jesus came into this world. To bear the sins. Of the entire world. Of every single person. Of all of us. From the sins of Adam and Eve up to every single sin that we've committed even today. And Jesus is proud to bear those sins for us. Jesus loves you so much. He does not fight it off when the soldiers place that crown of thorns on his head. Jesus receives that crown as the greatest badge of honor that he came to suffer and die in our place for our sins, for the sins of all creation. And he does that for you gladly. And he does that for you willingly. And he does that for you lovingly. Because he cares more about you then you even care about yourself. Jesus loves you. And because Jesus loves you today, he wears a crown of thorns all for you. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. 
When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, They divided my garments among them, From my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there.